we are going to talk about and, and get to the point where we're going to spotlight children. We know, we fully well know that our children are operating somewhat as a deficit today more than ever before. We don't have to discuss that. We know that. We know the struggles with parenting. We know the struggles with schooling. We know the struggles with community everywhere else. And we're going to talk about that a little bit. And that is going to be our response to the story of the prodigal son, our second week in that story. The prodigal son, you know the story where the father said he once was dead, but he's alive again. He was lost, but now he is found. Welcome home. Son, let's celebrate. Here this morning on behalf of the church to tell all of you that God will never, ever give up on you. He won't do it. God's grace is greater than every one of our circumstances. I thank God for that. His grace for salvation, his grace for practical living. I am so grateful for God's grace in my life. I needed that grace of salvation. I'm grateful for the grace of my father. I'm grateful for the grace of my mother. And I'm grateful for the grace that anyone applied to me and how his Holy Spirit offers me grace today. We're going to celebrate grace today. The parable. Let's start right in the beginning of Luke 15, then I'll turn us to Scripture. You know, <clears throat> this was a great story, a much-needed story. Jesus was out in the towns preaching and teaching to the villages in, in those areas. And then there's a group of people, that was the religious, the scribe and the Pharisees of the time. They, they didn't believe in grace. They didn't rejoice in grace. They weren't glad for grace. They said, we're the children of God. We've got our status. Why are you bothering with them? What's that all about? See, the scribes, they were the lawyers. They were the religious intellects. They were the ones that uh, worked on the law of the Lord. And they passed that off to the Pharisees who taught it in the synagogues. And Jesus knew that, so he, he made sure that they could hear what he was saying that day. He wanted them to hear. So he began the stories of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son, the prodigal. The prodigal. The father is wealthy. He has it all. He's rich. The son, he wants some of that wealth before his time. He wants it because he really wants it because he wants to have it without his father's oversight. He wants it on his own terms. He wants a getaway. He wants a plan. And this, this part is a direct insult to the father, and everyone there knew that. Because remember, these, this Israel nation, those people, those Jews at the times, the scribes and Pharisees, they knew of the Ten Commandments and honor your father and your mother and what that meant. And then here in the story was a young man saying, Father, I want it. I want it now. I don't want your oversight anymore. And this might mean that we never see each other again. What an insult. But yet, the young, the father, your choice. You have it. Didn't take him long to squander that money. Attractive women. Much drink. Any pleasure he could find, all on his own terms. He ran out of money. 
So it went long that he ran out of friends. Friends ran when there was no money. He had no savings, nothing to follow up on. And there he found himself eating with the pigs. Y'all remember the story. And in his pride, he stayed a little bit long. Sometimes our sin will take us farther than we want to go and make us stay longer than we want to stay, won't it? And that's what he did. He didn't want to announce to the Father for help yet. Maybe his ingenuity, his charisma, his intellect would bail him out. Or maybe one of his old pals, one of his old buds would stop by with some benevolent offering. But nobody bailed him out. Nobody came by. And there he was, starving with the pigs. The Bible says he finally came to his senses. He says, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am, starving to death. Let's go to Luke 15 and take up the story here. He says, I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick! Bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine, for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. And celebrate they did. Son, alive again, lost, but now found. Welcome home. And in our series, for those that are here, we welcome you home. And if you're here today, if you're here today, no matter your past, your circumstances of where you are, I can tell you, you can leave with this. As far as the east is from the west, our heavenly Father removes our sins and past from us and remembers it no more. You can be forgiven. So who is this compassionate father? What's his makeup that he's so gracious, so full of mercy, even in all this clamor and sin? You notice in the story, he didn't have him stand over here in the corner and give him a list. Quick, my son's dead, alive again, lost and found. Let's celebrate. I can see the father, you know, you, we've heard this story for a long time. The, one, the biggest um, visual that comes to me, because I can just remember that one farm road, and I can remember when uh, Ann and uncles used to visit, and when somebody would come and you'd see cars and you'd see the dust go up, people would go to the wind and want to know who's that. I can see the father staring down that long, dusty road each evening thinking, this is the day my son's coming home. This is the day. But one day as he stood at the head of that road, he saw the silhouette, he recognized his son, and he took off and ran to him. His father could not wait to offer forgiveness and compassion, slow to anger. 
he was enjoying and delighted in his lost son returning home. Jesus, our Father, Jesus and our Father God are so delighted for those of you to return to church. And, and he highlights this in the two stories right before the prodigal son. The story of the lost sheep, the story of the lost coin. The lost sheep, remember, there were 100 sheep. One was lost. Shepherd went off and chased after, chased after him. And the heavens rejoice that one is, repents and returns to the Lord, rejoices over more than the 99 that don't need to repent. The lost coin, it was lost. She swept, put on bright light, and found it. And heavens rejoice once again over the one lost coin. Our Father, our Heavenly Father, celebrates grace in every form. And there's no one in this room that does not need God's grace and didn't, didn't need his grace. God finds pleasure in grace and mercy. So here's what I want to say to the church this morning. What God finds pleasure in, we ought to find in pleasure in as well. There's nothing like pointing people to the Lord and to grace. There's, quite, there's no other mission farther or closer to God's heart than you being involved in direct ministry for bringing those that are away from God, bringing them close to God. He relishes that. He finds pleasure in that. That's who he is, the good, good father. So what's at stake here? We know the story. What's at stake? 1 John 3.1 See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. It's a choice. Do you want to be called a child of God? Do you want to be a child of God? Do you want to be an heir to all he has? Be in the family of God. You see, that son could net, was destined to always be his son. When he came to the father, a robe was put on him. That robe signified you're in the family. Welcome home. He received the ring. The ring, maybe a signet ring, a strong ring in the family and showed authority. Now you're back in the family. You can even help with things around here, decisions. Years before in Egypt, Pharaoh gave Joseph a ring. Joseph, the number two in all of Egypt. He gave him a ring. Signify Joseph could do business on behalf of the Pharaoh. The father in this story says, son, you're back. No questions asked. You are now favorable to be, do business on my behalf. Kingdom work. Then the third, without question, quick, go get him. They put sandals on his feet. Don't think of yourself as a, self as a servant. They didn't wear them. Let's get him sandals. He's a son of mine. He once was lost, but now he's found. He was dead, but now he's alive. Romans 8, 38 to 39 tells us this. We cannot, no matter where we've been, you sitting here now thinking, oh Lord, I came here nervous today because I, I know I want to change. I'm looking one for myself and my family, but how can I get there? 
For those of you that are children of God and are coming back home, welcome home. But here's what it says. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What a promise. That son had to know. He, you can tell in the scripture that he had realized, I've got to do something about this. I'm starving. My life is vanishing right before my eyes. I need to go back home, and I'll go back home as a servant. I'll, I'll understand the chastisement. I'll understand the restrictions put upon me, but I've got to go. But I'm here to tell you today, God says, you come back. There are no restrictions. It's new life, new start, clean slates today, right now. God's grace is for you. He celebrates grace for you. He wants you to have grace. We celebrate grace in every fashion here at Grace Church Waldorf, and it's for you. Because you know what? I believe each Sunday, I don't, now I'm acting like I know what's in everybody's mind here, but can, but can you give me a minute though? But I would say that I know this is what Arthur thinks. I know that each Sunday as we're in that back and as we're filtering in, we look, everybody, we're looking across that parking lot right there saying, who's coming in here this week that's in need of God's grace? The reality is we all are. We all are. But there are some that are coming here that's been separated from the Father, and they're looking for that fresh, clean start. This is the place for you. And I'm not just saying it because I'm here, there's some wonderful people here, but anywhere that the story and the gospel of Christ and the resurrected Christ is preached, there's a chance, there's a start for you right there. God is looking for you across that parking lot as well. He's been looking for some of us for many years. Is my son, my daughter coming home? Is today going to be the day? Is today going to be the day they make that choice that they want to unite with the Father in every way and say, Father, I know, and then they, before they can finish, the Father is saying, don't put that down. Don't worry about it no more. I've got a better plan than you have. I'm going to restore you. I'm going to bring you to the top. I'm going to give you the privileges of being a kingdom worker and all you need and the power through my son and the Holy Spirit. You know, two, three weeks ago, I was talking with a young man. He asked me a simple question. He said, I need to know more about baptism. And I responded with an open-ended question myself, and I said, well, what do you want to know about baptism? And then it got straight to the heart of the matter. He said to me, I don't want to live this life anymore. He says, I'm tired of my past. I want a new life. I said to him, I said, well, if if you can tell God that you've had it wrong all along and that he's right, that he has a better plan for your life than you do, you can have a new life and a fresh start. I said, if you can let him know that, wrestle with that, and tell him that. And I said, if you do that, he will remember your sins no more and your past no more. Forgiven, forgotten, forever. And you know what? In a couple days later, I received a text. And it said, just last night, 
I chose Jesus and the life he has for me. Let me speak briefly on this. Let me go to a quick verse and a small verse for you. Because I want everybody in here, let us be clear on how God has made this for us. It's simple. How do we have a fresh start? What happened? It's, it's, the fresh start, is, it, it's, it's been there since eternity past. Hear what it says. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The young man couldn't have made it up to his father if he tried. That was a big, that was a big mistake. The insult. The money. The pleasure. The possibly won't see you anymore. That it was in his heart. And see, we can't do anything about where we stand either. So God came to the rescue. He said, I made him, I made Jesus my son, the sinless son of God, the one that had no sin to be sin for you and for me. Jesus is now the sinner. God sees us as the righteous one. What a great example of the father's love and grace and mercy. It isn't a big formula. It's just the fact that Christ nailed your sins to the cross and took them on himself so God sees them and remembers them no more. Welcome home. You're home now. God loves you. He wants a new life for you. He wants a new life for you far better than you do. And he'll give it to you. Now, so where do we go from here? Because, you know, when, when the Father lavishes his love on us and gives us this strong love and this life full of grace and benefit, what is our response? Can't you, can't you, also in the story, the young man the next morning waking up early because he didn't now have all the Father's done for him. He says, he's not going to catch me in bed loafing. I'm going to be up before he is. Not because I'm compelled, but my heart's driven. My heart's driven to show him that I understood what I did, but yet he didn't bring it up in my face. And now I want to show him I'm different than when I came down that road. I can see him asking, what can I do today? I've got more time than that. What else do you want me to do? Not out of compulsion, but out of love for the Father and what he had done for him. What will be our response? What will be our response? Then also I want to talk to you real quick about our pleasures. See, I don't want us, because you know the other part of the story is there's another son, right? Right? I just, it's dark up here. I can't, I got I to hear it. <laughs> Come on. So, I don't want any of us to feel God's grace that's fallen upon so many and then feel like we've got it like the Pharisees and the scribes and we've got it and that people group over there, well, they're gonna, if they want it, they're going to have to figure out how to get it on their own too. Nobody taught me how to get saved. Well, yeah, the Holy Spirit did, I can tell you that right now. You couldn't have done it on your own. So now here we are. 
Here we are thinking that, well, we did everything right and God found, well, he found us to deserve it. So let me just drill down a little bit on our pursuits or pleasure. They might all, not all be hedonistic, you know what I mean? Matter of fact, I can't see some of you out past 10 o'clock at night. Being late, chasing, and doing all those things. But, let, but let, me, let, me, let, me, let me say something to you about our pleasures that separate us from God. Because we're not, we're not available to do what he's called us to do. We're not getting up early and, and, and laying our schedule down because, for God because of what he's done for us. See, our pleasures can come in the way of hobbies, toys, big people toys, thrills, travel, and the biggest one of all, what I deserve. Thank you, God, because I've got it now. I've got them both. I've got you and life on my terms. So I want us to be careful of that, church, as we move forward, because this is what's going to generate our response. And I want to bring to light a man in the Old Testament, but it's mentioned in the New Testament here. And here's what it said about uh, Moses. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Joseph had Egypt in his hand. I mean, Moses did. Moses had it all. He could have lived his life out. But here's what it said. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. Some of the things we choose to do rob us of our very best for God. Nobody notices them. Matter of fact, they might even be in vogue. That's what we talk about in the hallway, how well we're doing. But all those... All those are fleeting in compared to what God's done for you and what he wants to do, continue to do for you and needs to do through you. God's going to get his man or woman. But who doesn't want to line up with God for his glory to offer and relish in grace in the, and acknowledge its role in the life of America, this church, and our community? See, when you have a high regard for grace, Grateful as God saw you from far off, he redeemed you and adopted you and claimed you now and forevermore, you are going to have a response. You can't, you can't help yourself. Ask yourself that. But how's our response as it's related to children? Singers, some of them were me. Singers, to hear from Mr. Johnson, Grace Christian Academy, what's going on there, our young people, and so much more. How are we going to respond to that? Are you willing to be the servant of the Father, raising your hand to say, what can I do? Once again, statistics are against our children. Broken homes, confusion, Unsafe world. Men and women, believers that have been offered grace, need to stand in the gap for our children today. You know that, don't you? We talk about it. We know it's there. 
but we need to stand in the gap for our children today. Really, our all, even let's say any local church, but I'm speaking about this one today because this is where we are. There's, we have people leading in, uh, in these ministries that are doing an excellent job, but we need to come behind them with encouragement, raising our hand. What can I do? I'm going to do. I'm there. There's no time in the church, especially in the church, as we talk about in the church, how what public schools doesn't do, and then hear what we can do and we don't do. It's time Grace Church Waldorf had a strong Sunday school, but it's going to take you. We don't subcontract it out. (laughs) It's God-given men and women that love grace, and they want our children to know about grace. We can't have lackluster plans and a lackadaisical attitude to our children's ministries. They cannot be set off so that parents can sit in here and listen to a message and sing, and then we'll get them back up and say, ask our children, how much fun did you have today? The world needs it. The grace of God is needed throughout our world. We know it. We talk about the Great Commission. We talk about evangelism all the time. Right now, children are in children's church waiting for you. It needs to be a strong ministry for the sake of our children. This afternoon, there will be a wano, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the truth. They need solid workers, men and women of the word that have strength, have experience, that invest their lives in them for what the grace of God did for you. Our student ministry, will, grace student ministry, will recognize that in a couple weeks. A few weeks ago, in the community work, a group of five of us were at J.P. Ryan School for a back-to-school night. The principal said they would love, would love for us to adopt them. The community leader said we, they would love for this church to adopt a public school. I continue to work with Charles County Public Schools Central Office on us being able to get into uh, elementary schools throughout the county, different churches to have after-school Good News Club revealing the gospel and grace of God to children. Church, we love God's grace in our lives. We cannot hold on to that grace. And then we have it so simple now. We have it right in our hands. Children right outside that door. Children right at that school. Ministries right here, Awana tonight. God's asking for that response. You don't have to. But we're at a place in our lives where we ought to be glad that we get to. The light's dimming, but you can be the light that gets turned on. And I trust you will, because I know you love grace. You love the grace that God gave you. Let's go back to that coin and the sheep for a minute. Are you ready? You know that coin was lost, but you know a coin don't know it's lost, does it? You know that sheep was lost, but a sheep can't find its way back home. So to that coin, there's going to be, when I went to do the Good News Clubs, there were many children that came in those clubs, had no idea that they were lost. What are you talking about in their minds? You could see it in their face. Lost from what? But people are lost and don't even know it. And that's up for you. There are people that are lost and have no way, can't figure it out how to find their way back home. That's up to you. Our teen group in here, we know something's different. 
but we can't figure it out. Who's going to lead us? Then there's the lost son. He was lost, he knew it, and he knew how to find his way home. So for some of us, it's just a choice. We know something's not right in our lives. We know we've been far from God. We put him in a place of secondary position. We know where to go and to find it, but we just need to make a choice to go home. I'm sure the young man in the story spent sleepless nights about, I'm going tomorrow, but tomorrow came and he didn't. I'm going this weekend. No, I can't hear my father's voice getting after me. But see, from the story, there is no father's voice. It's just for the father's grace. He's going to love you. He's going to set you up. I know that's what happened to me. I know that I, I, in my mind, that I, need, I was going to be chastised. But it was a local pastor said, Arthur, you can have a fresh start today. And God gave me one. And how I thank him for that grace. I remember the moment of my rescue. How I was lost but found and how I felt like the blind man. I was blind, but now I see. The Heavenly Father sits eagerly waiting for each one of you to call out his name, to head up that road, and he will immediately put that robe on you, that ring of authority, and make you one of his. Romans 8, 16, and 17. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. We have it all. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. Who wants that? I know you want that. I want to know you want to share it. You're not here today to, 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 for any other thing. You're here because you want to share what God has. You may not know it. You may know it and haven't been able to do anything about it. And you may have never thought, but now you've come back and here you are. And we say, welcome home. God's for you. And if God's for you, who can be against you? Come on. Do you want that? We have a good father. A good, good father that's waiting on you. Pray with me. Father, now through a prayer, a simple prayer from my lips, I just don't know how it will invoke the task and the thanksgiving, the gratitude, the, the joy uh, that you offer. But Father, in our simple way today, we're saying thank you. Thank you for the grace that's greater than all of our sin. Thank you for the grace that changes lives. Thank you for the grace that took us from where we were and to where we are now. Thank you for that grace that didn't offer chastisement or punishment, but offered deliverance, hope, and grace. You're the good, good Father of mercy, compassion, grace. May each person here 
no matter what they're dealing with, understand that, draw near to you, understand that their only hope is in you. Father, now, may you speak to the hearts of these through the message of this song. And may we all find today right and fitting to serve you better because of what you've done for us. I pray this in the strong name of Jesus. I pray this in the name of our good, good Father. Amen. Amen. All of you all now stand and let's sing.